is the Aquasensory Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Wilson. In this show, you will learn all about sensory harmony in water for babies and the early years. Because when we grow to love, connect and respect water, learning follows naturally. So, so pleased today to link up and let everybody know about your amazing work. Uh, I'm here with Nicole from Georgia Swim School and I've, we were just chatting, weren't we? We've been working now since June, so uh, uh, a number of um, weeks, couple of months now, isn't it? Getting together yes. and writing programmes together. Because uh, yes. there's such a gap, isn't there, between uh, the local swim schools and you know to have much more of a water safety message but a child-led philosophy but let's start letting our listeners know all about your amazing swim school and background okay so um my swim school is georgia swim school and Mm -hmm. i started it uh it founded in 2022 so I've been teaching since 2000, but um, I've I've taught for I think ev- everyone. I've taught for the city and the county and the Y. So I've I've made a career out of it my whole life, and then I just um, you know I branched off onto my own, and uh, so I teach, and I was just teaching mobile, and then I said I'll establish myself. So that's what happened in 2022, and um, I partner with local uh, pools here, so they're they're beautiful big pools and we teach lessons and we teach year round and um my philosophy is child led so i let the children um kind of lead the lesson nothing's forced and then we we guide everything through from beginning to end and they follow the regular curriculum um and they get they go through all the levels. Um, we use American Red Cross in the United States. So preschool has three levels. And then when you're um, in elementary school and middle school, they all go all the way up through all the strokes. So they go through all the levels. But my approach is child led. So everything is um, nothing's forced. We just we guide them. We help them find their way. Yeah, because it's important, isn't it? There is a cultural difference from the UK because a lot of the times when we are swimming, we don't have as much access to pools because, as you say, you know, a lot of people have backyard pools or access to the beach. So there is naturally a stronger focus on water safety. But with the water safety in your experiences, you have a lot of children, don't you, that come to you that have only done pure water safety and then, well, they can't always, you you know, have an independence or strokes. They just know how to almost float on their own, really, isn't it? We do. We have um, a lot of children that come and they're afraid um, because of so many uh so much access to the pool Mm -hmm. um we had a little girl this summer who she was she was very scared she told me her and her mom can't swim they drowned um and we were in a big group lesson so i didn't ask for any details but she was 11 um and you could feel i could feel her heart her heart race and again nothing was forced she did everything willingly but i put her head on my shoulder and we leaned back and we put our toes on the wall and she was scared to death um and she had never done any uh water safety classes it was just from exposure around the pools so a lot of times with 
so much access to pools. You never know what people have seen or happened to get into. Um, so yeah. that's again why I like to let them lead the lesson kind of, you know, I don't want to push you into anything or force you. So all of my kids come, they come in willingly or they sit on the edge. Um, a lot of times mom will sit with you on the side and when you're ready to get in, you get in. Um, or you watch us a few times and when you want to get in, you can, um, or sometimes, uh, a lot of special needs kids, they'll come a few times and visit the class. Um, a lot of our lessons are one-on-one, uh, I'd yeah. say like 90% of our lessons are one-on-one. We do groups sometimes, but most of them are one-on-one. So they, um, they're very mild, very low key. Um, and the kids can come and see that it's, it's not crazy and chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're more I don't know. They feel more welcomed yeah, um, and they come and get in when they want to. Yeah, it's actually the opposite in the UK. So I would say 80 to 90 percent is group lessons. And then depending on the child and the individual needs, 10 to 20 percent uh, is one on one. And the parent tends to be particularly for baby in preschool. The parent tends to be in the water, whereas I know um, in the States, it tends to be the instructor with the child and the parent on the side. Well, in where in the United States, mm. most of them are group lessons. When I was at the wow. Y in the county, they're all group mm-hmm. lessons. Um, in the private schools like this, we cater to the one on one. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. but the parents are very reluctant to get in. They uh, mm. they're they're just not uh, one to get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice that they've got, as you say teachers like yourself that are so child-led and really able to you know build up and foster that uh, relationship with the child so they're really really trusting you and then you know to build on their swim skills but what what actually attracted you to aquasensory because you know obviously we are on different parts of the world and um it's just nice we have a lot of shared common interests but what what was it the one thing that said yay I must get in touch Wow. Well, I don't know what the one thing was. I mm. loved all your stuff um, oh, thank you. and started following you guys on Facebook. Um, there's not many places out there that do what you do. So I would have to say uh, just aquasensory in general. Um, I, I would say all of aquatics is sensory. And I don't think a lot of people pick up on that. So um, my background with with swimming lessons or prior to that is I worked in early childhood development. So we did a lot of small motor skills and then sensory work. Um, and so I think that's where I get my fondness for teaching the preschoolers because you can, I mean, that's what they're learning at, at this stage. And I don't think a lot of the swim teachers come from my same background. So when you kind of merge those two worlds together, I said, oh my gosh, she's onto something here. So I just adored everything you posted, liked it, shared it, saved <laughs> it, checkmarked it. Um, and then when I was searching for what I was searching for, people kept um, referring to you. And then I found out that you would do tutoring and I said oh yes this is exactly what I need um but I still love all of your stuff so um, but there's no one doing what you do yeah I think it is 
For me, uh, there is a, obviously a lot of different programs out there and the focus is on learn to swim, but Aquasensory is that child development program to really, really understand, as, as we know, you know, with our chats, we've said, what is going on in the brain and the body of the child? Let's, you know, yes, their age is important milestones, but actually let's go down to the individual child. What is going on? How can we support them? Let's use three developmentally play developmental play but in obviously the the, the right way um yes. so there are there are a lot of gaps in swimming so I'm yeah it's nice that you've you've noticed that to fill those gaps and to really really understand uh, our, our little ones in the pool definitely yeah yeah great and um with your program it's so so unique isn't it what we've created having that that uh framework and having something that is so so unique that no one else is doing around so we won't sort of you know reveal too much what we've been working together but how wow it's been amazing seeing all the progress with the photos and videos and parents but there's nothing around in terms of creating something that's structured that is very much water safety, water confidence, but has the absolute ethos of child-led and developmental lessons rather than a real focus on obviously just the safety, which can then tip into the, the forceful side of things. Right. Yes. I think all my babies are super happy. Um, yeah. They all uh, walk to the pool, or if they're being carried, they uh, they leap they leap into the pool. Mm. So uh, there's no prying anybody from mom, um, and they know they know the routine. Um, one of my little girls, we have our uh, timer, a ten minute timer, nice. and she she flips it for me every morning. So. Yeah, And we have a lot of Montessori preschools. So I think it's interesting to introduce this into the swimming world. Because um, like you said, we don't have anything like that here. It, mm -hmm. There's nothing like that. There's no sensory swim or anything. Um, although there's NACI accredited preschools and Montessori schools, but nothing in the aquatic world. So um, yeah. I think it's nice to put the two together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it makes total sense because... You have amazing, amazing early year years pioneers like Montessori. I mean, she was way, way, uh, you know, beyond her time. Don't if you if you know her true background, it's really inspirational. I mean, obviously over a hundred years ago, but it's like she was a scientist and her art of observation and what she was noticing was really, really amazing. So children, you know, understanding what really made pure independence and tools that were completely little and small that they were able to manipulate and you know adaptations where then it was very much the child doing as much as they can and very much the hands but now there's so much that has come in through from science and neuroscience that's like proving everything that she knew yeah. and yes. could see yes. just through her observation which is I love when that wow. happens <laughs> Yes, I love when science catches up to our scientists. Yeah, yeah, no, that's nice. And it makes sense, you know, putting the early years into the pool rather than just aquatic outcomes. Yeah, my I think my biggest pet peeve in, in America, I don't know if this happens to you, is I go and I teach lessons and I'll be at the pool and the parents are in with their kids, but they'll they'll put the other 
the older children in lessons and they'll say, oh, well, we're not, she's too young to start lessons or we're not starting lessons yet. And I come from an aquatic background and I'm like, well, my, my son was in the pool at five months and, you know, we were in the bathtub immediately and they, they love water. And I'm thinking they're too, I just don't, I don't get the mentality that they're not ready yet. Or like they're, of course they're ready. Like there's not a too young yet, just like with bath babies. And like, you would want to introduce them as soon as you can. So when I look and they're two and they just have them in, um, well, they'll, they'll put them in the life jackets and I still just don't, that one I don't get at all. I'm like, what, what? if you're going to sit in the water with them in the kiddie pool, at least take them out of the life jacket. But um, I, there's just the education around that is just, I don't, I don't know yeah. what we're doing. It's almost it's extremes, isn't it? And we should really sort of talk about this as well. That you know, you have like the baby lessons where they're so sort of like, just here you go get on with yourself and teach yourself. I'm just going to pop you in and we're going to just drill you so you float and that's it. And then, as you say, sort of like, you know, here you go too. And I'm going to stick so many floaties on you because I need you absolutely safe. It's like, it's a fear-based sort of like, but then hang on a minute. What about the transition? What about what's happening in between? Yeah, yeah. And then people will ask me, um, is it hard to teach babies? And I said, no, it's, it's easier to teach babies. It's, it's harder to teach you when you're older. Cause then you've, you've learned a fear or you've learned a mm. wrong way. And to me, it's very hard to break someone and then teach them a new way. And then they have to go through the whole muscle memory and the process of, you know, when they want to kick, I guess the best way I can put it is when someone wants to do a flutter kick and you're trying to teach them the frog kick and they'll do the frog. And then in the middle of it, they do the flutter and you're, you're just, you just want to hold their legs and not let them. So they'll go in, out, and then you want them to hold it, but they flutter and you're like, that's and their brain just wants to do what they want to do. But when you're starting with a clean slate, you don't have that. So I'm like, from the, from a clean slate, it's easy, which is why babies are so easy for me. Um, and then the older you get when you're breaking bad habits or working against fear or trauma or phobias, that that's harder, <laughs> which is why adults are e- even easier for me because I can talk to you better than I can communicate with a child sometimes. So um, it's been a real pleasure just to get together and really talk about the challenges and talk about exactly what you need in your program and then create something that's absolutely bespoke to you and all the activities progressive and building up each each session and each week and to really see the children absolutely loving it and you know achieving achieving that progression in in a really short period of time through the repetitive activities yeah yeah Great. Um, we were chatting earlier about uh, breath control, weren't we? That bubbles, because I know that that's something that you really, really believe in as well as a building block to swimming, allowing the child to be understanding and regulated in the pool, to be calm in the pool, but to learn breath control. And I was surprised that sometimes in other programs, breath control bubbles, it's not a focus at all. It's not. Um, there's a lot of people I know that don't focus on it. So I focus on it from day one, uh, whether we're in a group lesson or a private lesson. Day one of our lessons is always bubbles. And uh, every day after that, we blow bubbles. So um, we blow bubbles and uh, we I 
completely forgot what I told you, but we blow bubbles and we sing ring around the rosy and we blow bubbles in our song. So um, we blow bubbles with our babies and we hold them on our hip and we blow bubbles. And so that's introduced for our parents in the water with them. Mm -hmm. And as they progress and they're older, we, we let the baby stand or toddlers stand and we still continue to blow bubbles. Um, And then I like to give homework so they can continue to work on that inhale, exhale, and uh, I tell them to put a ball or Easter eggs when they're on sale um, and they don't even have to submerge. They're just working on that inhale, exhale in the bathtub. Yeah. Um, and then we, of course, go back to ringing around the rosy, which is a favorite, even when it's just one on one lessons. And we um, we'll hold hands and we ring around the rosy and I'll let them stand on my legs so that they can touch the bottom because they can't reach the ground. And, uh, you know, as they progress, they dunk themselves under the water and find great fun in that. So we um, continue just to get our inhale and exhales. Um, but in our, our our curriculum that you and I have worked on, the older ones, I make sure that we inhale and exhale on our front glides to, to get that down just so that we've mastered it. I don't want anyone to uh, hold their breath under the water because um, a lot of swim coaches in America, they they write our papers to help educate us on the the underwater blackouts and stuff. We had a a big one last year in the paper when um, all over the news, when an adult, she sunk to the bottom and her coach dove right in to save her, um, which was really aerobic. And there was lots of really good photos on it, but no one wants to sink to the bottom and be saved. It's much better if you um, you just practice your exhale (laughs) and come up for your inhale. Yeah, no, that's nice. And I think it is a skill that needs time to learn. It isn't always, I mean, children learning how to blow out, learning oral control, learning how to use their mouth. There's a lot of children these days that if they're not showing those fundamental skills, actually it can affect speech and language even as well, you know, not having the same oral control. So, you know, we are doing absolute wonders in the pool with safety, but for children to learn how to regulate their breath and how to use their mouth and um as I say it has so many other links as well to language which is amazing they do my little ones the little ones they uh they look at my lips when I blow the bubbles like you said they would they're like what are you doing they don't blow the bubbles yet but they're like what are you doing with your lips yeah 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 yeah. I know babies are so curious aren't they and mimic um we've just got to sort of show them uh but uh your babies love putting their own faces in as well we don't have to grab hold of them dunk them under the water they'll just naturally do it themselves they do mm-hmm. yep when they want to they'll face down yeah mm-hmm. nice nice what age do you start your babies in the pool we start them at six months um and that's because that's what pediatricians in America recommend for public pool settings. Yeah. Um, they actually, pediatricians recommend five months, um, but Red Cross says six months. So that's where we get our standard from. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's different all parts of the world. In the UK, you might be surprised to know that there is no minimum. So it means that because 
Uh, we don't have to have access to immunizations and any baby can be in a public pool. Uh, I personally recommend and I would love there to be almost an opposite. I'd love there to be a minimum. I am campaigning that six weeks is still very early, but that should be a minimum age to go into a public pool because of uh, umbilical cord and the healing and the skin and just one-to-one time so because there's no minimum guess what we actually have babies of one two three days old in public pools and even sometimes enrolled in structured baby swim lessons can you imagine that i know i can't because yeah. we like don't leave the house for like four yeah. to six weeks yeah, no, that should be the fourth trimester. But uh, yeah, how different, how different things are. So I, I feel actually really strongly about there being a minimum in the UK. Um, but at the moment there isn't. So I'll carry on with that drum um, and yeah. carry on with bringing amazing research out there to why, why we should yeah. start earlier. I've gone to some pools and I've chosen to not get in and I've gone to some countries and uh, I I decided I I wasn't getting in. So, you know, it depends on where you are in the world from mm. what you uh, want to do. You can always have your personal standards, your own personal standards. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but it is important that we recognize why, why take them? Is it a need for the adult or are we actually really doing this for the baby where we could, they could be much safer and come right. at home or in the bath? Um, so it's nice to know that there are standards, as I say, five or six months in the UK would be quite late for uh, to start for us but um yeah it's nice that there are some some solid standards in the US definitely yeah um do you have any activities or songs what's your favorites for baby swimming my favorite song is motorboat motorboat mm. so i'm not sure how you guys sing it or if you know the song but we have three verses and we sing motorboat motorboat go so slow and we just do little splashes and kicks and then we go motorboat motorboat go so fast and we kick more and then we go motorboat motorboat step on the gas and we kick 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 so um this is a favorite for everybody and we do it on our back and we do it on our front. Um, and when I just do lessons by myself, we go on our little rocket boat and we go across the pool and I sing the verse and we go back across the pool and I sing the verse. Um, and then we can blow bubbles at the end to be the motor. Um, but dads love it and moms love it. And when we're in a, a group, we do it in a we make a whirlpool effect. So we go, we go backwards so the child kicks forwards. Um, and I've never had anyone that doesn't love this song. We all sing the song. Um, and if the, if the toddlers get fussy on their back, we just let them flip over in the middle and we just keep going. Yeah, no, I love that. And I share that one as well. Uh, what I like with motorboat as well is that we are using rhythm and timing. And what's nice is when we're slow, if we bring awareness to what the child is doing, how comfortable are they? Are they kicking? Are they relaxed? Because it's really nice and relaxed and slow. Mm -hmm. Having a little bit more energy, fast. 
looking at that dynamic is the child kicking more how do they feel obviously there's going to be more energy in the water and what's really nice is to then go down to the uh, preference of the individual child to then say are they kicking more uh and then to practice it again but then to choose the rhythm of the tempo of the child which is really really nice so um you can really get that beautiful dynamic swims which is great one of our favorites too yes we've we've loved that one for a long time it's my yeah. it's actually my only kicking song well i mean we do games we do red light green light but it's, it's been our longtime favorite kicking song so with your red light green light is that a traffic light yes uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. nice we share that one as well it's so nice isn't it that that there are lots of shared practices uh that really really help because it's aquatic games, isn't it? That's going to get our children interested and, and focused and having fun. And as we say, when they're fun, they don't know that they're, they're learning, which is really right. Nice. Right. 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 Any songs or any practices that really, really encourages faces in or to retrieve toys under the water? So we always do the ice cream game in our preschool class. Um, I learned this in high school and my, my coworker <clears throat> would do pizzas or bagels, but I've always done ice cream. So we go under and we get a cone and it works really good for peer interaction. So I've noticed that um, a preschooler could care less if you or I get our face wet. They're just like, mm, okay, so you got your face wet, but we'll go under and they'll look and they'll see that their peer got their face wet and they're like, oh, well. I I can do that. So we go under and we get our cone and then we go under again and we get our ice cream. And I I ask everyone what flavor they got and they're excited to talk about their flavor that's imaginary and doesn't exist, but they are super excited to talk about it. And then we go under and we get our um, sprinkles and then we go under and we get syrup and we go under and we get an ice cream. Uh, Well, we get a cherry on top and then I tell them we're going to go under and eat it all gone and I will go under and scream. So I have tons of bubbles and I tell them it's all gone. Oh, Um, that's so nice because it's building up imagination and it's a story and I can really feel it that it's got a beginning, a middle and an end as well. So, yes, children can really, really like follow on. uh, Right. And if you don't like ice cream, that's why my coworker, she made a bagel and another one made a pizza. So I've stuck with my ice cream the whole time because they they just enjoy their ice cream party, which is imaginary. But it's all the all the fun. Do you Um, use lots of toys in the pool? Uh, Any of your favorites for your children? Any sort of resources that um, are new or anything that you're using right now that is, you know, amazing to let everybody know that works? So my all-time favorite, I don't know if you can get this in the UK, but um, in America, we have a Dollar General and they have these jelly, um, hard jelly gyms and uh they're my favorite because they're 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 probably this big um and they don't move so they're perfect for toddlers to pick up they're they're large enough and they don't wiggle or move in the water so they're translucent you can see through them um and the kids love them so they I'll put them on all the different varying stairs. So I will tell them, you know, can you get them from level one, which is step one and then level two. So we kind of level up and go all the way down. But um, the toddlers, the babies, I'll let them explore 
on whatever step they can. And the older kids, we put them down. And then I use them again for my big kids. Um, we'll glide. And however far you go, I'll, I'll lay it down. Um, or if we're floating on our back, I'll put the star on your tummy and make sure you leave it there and don't let it fall. So those are my favorite jewels are my favorite dive toys. Um, and I tried to buy them on Amazon and they're, they're just not there. So, um, those are my favorite. I can show them to you though. Yeah. Um, and my, my current favorite toy is the one I got from you, which are the bath toys that suction cup on the wall. Um, they float. So when the kids pull them off, they don't sink. They can, they stay on the surface, but they stick to the floor. They stick to the pole and they stick to the tile. So we can put them at all varying levels. Um, and my big kids will put them on the pole and then swim a lap, come back. Um, and the, the toy watch them perform their kick or perform their stroke. Um, and then they, they go down and they get it. Um, and with my little ones, it helps them go down and come up so yeah. it's very yeah. nice no I love that I love anything where it is very much you can alter the depth because a lot of the time you get swim toys that just float so that's like above the water and then there's ones that go really really quick to the bottom and then that's on the bottom but there's nothing like for the middle so to have something where so accents we have um uh, above midline and below so you'll always see me in my pool or when I'm choosing resources I'm putting them in and I'm going right so what's that then and does it sink a little bit I love toys that also just have a, a, a medium weight because then they can just someone who's a little bit more cautious because just reach down so I'm a little bit under the water but not yeah. far, which is great yeah no, that's lovely um well, you have got your own uh, podcast as well, haven't you? And uh, love talking and TikTok and showing everybody about your amazing, amazing swim journey and activities as well. I do. I do. My um, podcast was birthed during COVID because I, I couldn't teach and um, I love teaching. So I said, how do I reach everybody about water safety? So the podcast really is just... Um, all, all the water safety tips. So it it will have more later, but I just refer all my parents to it for, well, you know, water safety, pool safety, how to be safe in, on, around the water. And um, I didn't invent anything myself. I said, why reinvent the wheel when stuff already exists? So I just take all of my learned knowledge and share it with everybody or direct them to things that already exist out there. Um, so the, the next season will be about lifeguarding because I don't know if you guys have a national lifeguard shortage, but in America we do. Um, somehow that's not the current job that everybody wants to have. So um, I think everyone should be a lifeguard. So I'm going to continue to promote that for as long as I can. No, amazing work. Yes, I think in the UK, all aquatics is needing a little bit of injection to you know really understand how amazing our job is and how fulfilling so as you say pool safety like our swim teachers yeah we need we need more people to to connect and to to want to sort of bring this because come on we're lifesavers ourselves aren't we we are we are 
nurturing the next generation and water is everywhere over our blue planet so (laughs) we really are doing a great job I will signpost everybody to your amazing work and all your activities and we'll follow with such great keenness on uh the new program and supporting little ones and parents um and your amazing work thank you thank you for listening to the aqua sensory way it's so nice to have you here tuning in today let's connect again soon I'd love you to find out more about creating sensory harmony in water. Come and join us on our socials and in our community Facebook group, Aqua Sensory Connections.